This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's talk about this more and go from an NFL legend to a legend from the Steel City, baby. The Mac is back. A turnaround shot that rattled wide. Subban one more try, deflected over the net, and the Pittsburgh Penguins again are the Stanley Cup champions. Chris Mack, a little toss. Here comes a gadget play. Randall L. He can throw. He was a quarterback in college. And he's thrown a touchdown to Heinz Ward in the Super Bowl. Bringing all his college plays. Barkley from inside his 0-5. Barkley with a lead. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley runs the opening kick. 97 yards. Touchdown, Nick Lyons. Here we go. He is host of the BQLU podcast every Thursday. That means today on YouTube. Also host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. It is our friend Chris Mack. Chris, good morning. Great to see your face. And I think we anticipated that this was coming, even though maybe on Monday we thought, is he going to stay? He's giving up control. But now Bill Belichick officially parting ways with the Patriots. What is just your gut reaction when you know that we're no longer going to see one of the goats in Foxborough? Slow news day, right? Um, yeah. It's, it, you know, it, it's where he goes next. I mean, that's got to be the question. I, I think it's, Everything points to Mike Vrabel going to Foxborough. It makes way too much sense. You saw how cozy he and uh, Robert Kraft were during his, uh, I guess, ring of honor or whatever ceremony they had a couple months ago up in Foxborough. Um, he is, it just makes way too much sense for him to go to New England. Um, that gets one job out of the way now, right? So what's the rest of the coaching carousel suddenly look like? I said this to someone the other day. The entire offseason is going to be gridlock until Belichick gets settled. And I think that still holds true because no other dominoes can fall outside of maybe Vrabel going to New England until Belichick decides where he wants to go and somebody decides, yeah, we want to bring Bill Belichick in for the next few years uh, because this isn't a long-term solution, right? He's not going to coach another 10, 15, 20 years. He's going to come in. He's going to get his wins record, right? He'll pass on Shula, which you alluded to a couple minutes ago. And then I think, you know, maybe take one more run at a title if he can, if he has a talented enough roster, like you guys were talking about in LA, that makes a ton of sense. Some names on defense that he can build around and a young quarterback who he can do something with maybe uh, as long as he doesn't put Matt Patricia in charge of the offense. Uh, um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think that that makes way too much sense. Um, you make a good point, Jenks, about uh, Washington and how they're going to go about their process. I don't know if Bill Belichick wants to get into bed with a, a Looney Tunes owner like David Tepper down in Charlotte. Cool. Um, I, I don't know. Atlanta, I do cast a little bit of a, a glance toward because you've got an established owner. Um, Belichick could probably tell Arthur Blank, hey, here's how I want to do things. Let me do it this way. Um, not as much to build around, obviously, but maybe he wants that. Maybe he wants the blank slate, so to speak. Um, <laughs> uh, any of these directions, you can kind of build an argument for why getting into bed with Belichick would make sense to them. Um I just, it's going to be fascinating to watch because then all the other dominoes start to fall. 
Okay, so we will talk about the Steelers in just a second because this is a sports betting show, and clearly I want to know your take on the Steelers in the postseason, but you also host a college football podcast, so it would make sense not to ask you about Nick Saban retiring because this one felt truly shocking. Like, I think we all saw the Bill Belichick news. Like, we knew something was going on there, but did you expect Nick Saban to retire you know, it was one of those things that you always kind of held in the back of your mind, like, hey, it's it's going to happen someday, and that someday isn't too far in the future. He's not going to coach forever. Mm-hmm. And I think there there was just a little bit in his reaction to the loss to Michigan, and and it, I don't want to say he seemed forlorn, but he, he didn't seem quite as – look, nobody's happy when they lose uh, <laughs> in a bowl game or in, a, in the playoff especially, but – he didn't seem like he'd had the he might have the same elasticity in his bounce back. We know he hates the portal. We know he he has a a tough enough time, not tough in that he doesn't do well, but that he has a tough enough time recruiting kids from high school, let alone recruiting his own players year after year after year. Um, I think it kind of made sense. Now, th- does that mean we saw it coming yesterday specifically? No, I think. Again, the most fascinating part now is not where Nick Saban goes. Uh, He'll probably end up on a TV set somewhere, I would think, and get paid pretty handsomely to do so. But I think the next question is, who replaces him? You know, as you see Dan Lanning immediately is the odds-on favorite. Okay, that makes sense, a guy coming back to the SEC. But Dan Lanning's also, you know, going to the Big Ten. Does he have to leave Oregon to join the big boys? You know, if the Pac-12 were still sort of floating out there on an island, Maybe that's something to be considered. But, you know, that's the thing with so much power concentrated in the two big power conferences now. It's, it, it, there isn't that same dynamic where you have to leave a place necessarily, especially if you're at a school like Oregon, to go to a bigger and better conference. I, I don't think that that doesn't apply to Dan Lanning. Now, Dabo is an interesting case. I know they're mm-hmm. down in Tuscaloosa chanting anyone but Dabo. Um but he's a Bama boy, right? Like, that just makes – everything in Dabo Swinney's career has been building to this point where, oh, Bama's open and available. I'm going to jump on that. But the final piece of the puzzle is, who wants to be the guy to replace the guy? Nobody wants to be Ray Perkins. Remember how it went for Ray Perkins in Tuscaloosa? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to be the guy to replace the guy. You want to be the guy who replaces the guy who replaces the guy. So, um, I don't know – they're going to be impossibly tough on whoever replaces Saban. That's why a guy I haven't seen on any boards regarding this makes a ton of sense. It's a guy who stood up to incredible headwinds opposing him from the fan base when he first came in uh, at his first collegiate coaching job, has NFL experience, has experience in Tuscaloosa. Bill O'Brien, especially with Belichick done now in Foxborough, makes a ton of sense in Tuscaloosa. We're chatting with Chris Mack, host of the BetQLU podcast every Thursday on YouTube and host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. You know what's interesting, Mack, is that I think three or four years ago, Dabo would be the obvious choice. It would be Dabo, come on down. But because of his reticence to get involved in the portal game and how much he hates NIL, unless it, of course, relates to Jesus, then (laughs) if he could change... If he could change his mentality and the way he operates in today's college football landscape, wouldn't he be a shoe-in? Isn't that the only real thing that's holding him back? 
Yeah, and, and that argument makes a ton of sense, Jenks. You're right. It, uh, why go from a guy who just retired because he hates the portal and NIL to hiring a guy who hates the portal and NIL? Right. It's 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 a, a great line of reasoning. The only reason I, I I still cast an eye towards Dabo is because again, we you can never put too much weight behind the impact of at a blue blood program a guy coming back a guy coming back and being given extra time to succeed. Hi there, Jim Harbaugh. It worked there. Blue blood program right up in Ann Arbor at Michigan. First couple of years, man, what are we doing? Cut this guy's pay. We don't know if we want to stick with him. A few years later, he's showing up in the playoffs and he's winning a national championship a couple of years after that. I think there is something to be said for when there's that bond, that connection between a program and a small college town and a guy who's been there before. And, Look, again, they're going to be possibly hard on whoever it is, but maybe Dabo, at least from the administration, because of his past success as well up in Clemson, would get just a little bit more time to to put it together at Alabama. Yeah, it's wild to me because the Venn diagram of coaches who have a great resume and coaches who actually love the portal rules, like it feels like there are very few you know, that actually fit that middle space. So they've got their work cut out for them. But I did say we need to talk about the Steelers because the Steelers are getting 10 points against the Buffalo Bills this weekend. And I know everybody's super high on Buffalo, but this is a lot of points for a Buffalo Bills team that's been kind of inconsistent. You've got to remember the Bills barely beat the Chargers with an interim head coach. They beat the Patriots by seven points at home. So Chris Mack... Are you taking the Steelers to cover against the Bills this weekend? Uh, you know, here's here's where I come down on it, and it's going to be a last-minute decision for me uh, that's almost totally dependent upon the weather. I know everybody's made such a big deal about weather this week because the temperatures we're going to get in Kansas City, right, in that game, and Miami's going up there. Um, the wind is supposed to be a major factor in Buffalo mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. I talked to Chris Parker at uh, WGR up in Buffalo yesterday afternoon. And he said, listen, if we're talking the 25, 30 mile an hour steady, 25, 30 mile an hour winds that are being forecast by some, it's not just the cold then, it's the wind. And look, you got two strong armed quarterbacks. You know, people can say whatever they want about Mason Rudolph and how he may not have gotten any job offers in the off season and came back to Pittsburgh with his tail between his legs, but he worked his butt off and he's a big old big 12, big arm quarterback, right? That's Mason Rudolph. Josh Allen, we know, has the arm. So they can cut through the wind a little bit. But I think it does play into a team in the Steelers who have leaned so heavily into their run game the last month, month and a half, and have have done so with great success for the most part. Now, that's not to say that the Bills can't lean into James Cook. We've seen similar stuff from them in certain successful spots this season. It's what I think leans to an under for me above anything else as I look for different leans on Steelers bills. And if I wake up Sunday morning and the wind is whipping off of the lake up in Buffalo at like 30 miles an hour with gusts of 40 or something like that, then yeah, I just, I don't see the bills even with TJ Watt out. And that is a huge part of this, even as confident as the Steelers and their fans are myself included in the backup edge rushers and Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig um, with TJ Watt out. I still think I lean under, and I think it's going to be tough to cover a 10-point spread for the Bills unless they get up early and the Steelers are forced to throw when they don't want to. 
Make sure you check him out as host of the BetQLU podcast every Thursday on YouTube. Also host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. And let's throw it in, host of Fourth Down in the Steel City podcast. It is our good friend Chris Mack. Mack, good to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.